0: Hey there, welcome back to Planning to God. My name is Larry Lubinsky and today we've got a fun one. We're following up on the last video that I made going over what is artificial intelligence, AI, in a general sense, and the Christian response to it. If you haven't seen that one, I'll put a link to it in this video in the description box below. But today we're going to start going through the risks of artificial intelligence. Now, I divided the risks of AI into two categories. The first category, what we're going to go through today, is what I call the general risks of of the technology in and of itself. Things that we should know before using it. The second category would be the personal risks. What are the things that could affect me as an end user of artificial intelligence? And we'll go through those in the next video. So today, like I said, we're going to go through the things that general risks of it, things that would typically be in an end-user license agreement, right? The thing, those awkward pop-ups that show up in when you install a piece of software. No one actually reads them. They just click next, 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 and lo and behold, you have your software. Well, instead of typing those out for you, and I can if you really want to type them out and make it a pop-up on my website. Really, you can click next, next, next if you want to feel that. Um, But instead of typing them out, we're going to talk through them. So, the general risks of artificial intelligence and what we as Christians should think about them. So, the first risk I want to talk through is something called a built in bias. So, with this, um, what this means is that the AI can discriminate against a person based on their gender, race, etc. If it has been programmed or learned to discriminate based on the data it's been provided. For example, if you're working with a data set that that happens to use the U.S. crime statistics from 2019 by race, um, and then you ask it a question about murder or robbery, it could generate some racist responses due to the statistical differences in those categories and if you don't train it about population density well then it can really go nuts. There is a lot of difference when you look at these this type of data set right it's all over the place but you need to know population density in order to understand it a little bit better and understand the ratios that come out of it. Additionally, the developers of an AI model could imprint or program in their own bias into the model, right? The bias will usually show itself based on generated responses. And I've experienced this. and trying to use AI to um, help with some things I'm working on, some projects I'm working through, and I've given it a question, and the response I get is essentially that the AI will not... F- fill the request because it violates their policy, right? I'm asking it an honest question and expecting a result, but the bias that's built into it says, hey, you know, I can't answer this, sorry, okay. Another thing that we want to be aware of are errors or failures within the system that could cause harm. So think of this as using an AI in a car. Right? You have the AI built into your car, your car, and you want it to do some autopilot or auto-driving. right? If there is an error or a failure in that artificial intelligence, well, it could cause a collision. Well, now you've got physical harm coming as a result of AI. A big one that I have to deal with on a daily basis would be the exposure of sensitive data. This is really huge, especially if you're dealing with a public or free model or a research model, right? Essentially, with all public AIs, once you submit something to it, you can't get it back out. For example, if you were to put your name, address, social security number, any personal information about yourself into an AI, that data is there. It's stuck in that AI model, and you are unable to tell it to delete it. Essentially, the only way to delete personal data that gets put into into an AI model is to delete the model. So, if I were to put my personal information into Chat GPT, well then now I've got to appeal to Open AI to delete Chat GPT and rebuild it. Guess what's not going to happen that so you need to be aware of that and aware that you shouldn't put in your personal data or the personal data of someone else unless it is a private model. There are private. Um, artificial intelligent models out there that you control and have some some level of control over and you can delete. They're just really expensive. So we need to be aware of the exposure of sensitive data. This is a very real thing. Now, I have heard that they, that the, the folks out in the wild are starting to work on this and make it able to delete things, um, but that's still far out there. It'd be like trying to delete a memory from your brain. Right. If you were to delete one memory, there's gonna be a lot of links and linked memory that gets corrupted because of that. So if you delete a piece of information that the AI, once you submit it, starts learning on, and you delete that piece of information, it's like deleting a missing memory. Next thing we want to be aware of is that the responses will never be perfect right and AI may generate a really good response for some people but it might be off the wall for others right some responses are going to be unreasonable so you need to be a little bit discerning with the responses and know it's not going to get it right all the time another thing uh the next thing that I want to talk about is something called AI hallucinations This is when a large language model, or ChatGPT, will generate false information. The results seem plausible, they seem like they could be good, but that's because the model is designed to produce hexed results that sound right. Typically these occur because the underlying model doesn't understand the reality of the question or your desired response, so it's going to come up and generate an answer based off of what it knows. It knows how to generate a response that seems coherent, grammatically correct, um, only because of statistics, right? You, a computer is computing statistics and coming up with results based on what it knows and how it can design and, uh, and frame results. So sometimes if you ask a question and you're not so direct, the AI can imply or make an assumption about what you're asking and then give you a result that is completely fabricated. And this is a huge risk, especially if you're using AI in the space where decisions are being made. That leads into the next one trusting the model and its decisions. Um, if an AI is making up data that doesn't exist can it really be trusted for decision making should we put ai in key places like in government in the judiciary where it's going to make a decision based on a person and and their actions so if you put an ai in the place of a judge it's not going to take into account the human perspective it's not going to take into account the reason why someone may have done something it's going to see you did X, X broke, Y law, therefore you get Z result. The AI won't take into account or considerations the motives or the perspective of the person. It will take into account what happened and what are the programmed results, and it will dish out programmed results every. These would be what I would consider the high-level generic risks of artificial intelligence, the technology as a whole. And so for us as Christians, when we approach the technology of artificial intelligence, we need to keep our focus on the biblical principles and biblical teachings. Looking at these general risks of AI, we can draw in some conclusions. First, about human nature and sin, right? The Bible is very clear that all humans are born with a sinful nature, right? Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And since sin and sinfulness is built into our nature, we can't help but build that into the artificial intelligence, right? That's where the biases, the prejudices, the misconceptions can come into AI because it's already built into us. We need to know and understand that this will be inherent in any AI system. We're not going to create the perfect AI um, because it's inherent in ourselves. We want to remember what's called the golden rules as well. In Mark chapter 12, when Jesus is asked what the greatest commandments are, he answers in verse 29, The most important is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. While using artificial intelligence in and of itself is not a problem, giving results to people without checking them could be an issue. And if the AI generates responses that are made up, completely fabricated, hallucinated, well, then we need to be extra cautious. These golden rules kind of give us that framework. How can we be a good steward and doing to others, loving our neighbor, if we're giving them results from an artificial intelligence that we haven't cross checked, that we haven't verified? Uh, doesn't fit well. We also need to remember that we are stewards of God's creation. As such, if you are a developer working in artificial intelligence, um, you need to work ethically and responsibly. You need to acknowledge these potential risks within yourself and work to mitigate them so that you can ensure that the AI can be used in a positive and constructive manner. And the same would go as a consumer for artificial intelligence. We need to know and understand the risks of the platform. Use it in a positive manner, and try to be constructive about it. That's why that they tend to put a lot of guardrails, especially around image generation and artificial intelligence. There are a lot of guardrails. Yes, there are a lot of people circumventing those guardra- guardrails, but therein goes the sin nature part, right? The people developing are thinking about these issues, right? Because you can use an image generation, to take a picture of some person and put them into things and situations that didn't actually happen. I saw recently on Twitter that there was a picture of Donald Trump getting arrested that was completely fabricated. It was an image generated by AI showing Trump arrested. It never actually happened. Right? That is not being used in a positive and constructive manner. You're making something up and you're putting someone in a situation that didn't happen much longer before these types of things get out into news outlets and whatnot. And we now have fabricated news and images that go with it because the AI developed it. Above all, we need to seek the wisdom of the Lord. Right, Proverbs 2.6, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth Comes knowledge and understanding. In the context of AI, we need to be diligent in identifying risks and issues, correcting those, letting developers know of those issues, and we need to continually seek guidance from the Lord first and foremost. Spend more time in your Bible and less time chatting with an AI rather than seeking answers from a computer system. Seek answers from God. And we need to be discerning, especially as we are using AI to generate content. Uh, The quality of that content needs to be validated and verified. You can't just let the AI run amok and publish it as a ghostwriter. right? You want to validate and verify everything that comes out of it. Be discerning. It is crucial to approach AI with caution and discernment as it can be, one, influenced by human programming, and two, hallucinate and fabricate its own answers. Ultimately, we need to rely on the sufficiency of Scripture, right? Second Timothy 3, 16-17 says, For all Scripture is breathed out by God, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. As Christians, we are to rely on scripture. It is breathed out by God. It is authoritative. While AI can be a useful tool, it should never be a replacement for the authoritative word of God and prayer through the Holy Spirit. That comes to the last thing that I want to talk about. As a Christian, what we need to think about is pray. Right? We seek God through biblical study and prayer right we need to go to the lord in prayer and ask him for guidance and discernment above all things while using ai can be a fascinating and helpful piece of software it is essential that we approach it with caution and a biblical world view we need to be continually seeking the lord through bible study and prayer not as much time on the ai you know one thing that i've i've started to do and be a good or bad. It's actually turning out to be a little expensive, but anytime I hear in an interview, someone saying that we need to use AI to generate a new Bible for the, for the modern day and age, I go oh, and I buy a Bible. I have a stack of them. It's great. Actually we keep a section of our library as free giveaway Bibles. So it's that's slowly growing because every time someone says, AI needs to generate a new Bible, by one. Before we wrap up, I want to circle around to one very important point, especially with the with the usage of AI. Right. So remember how when I was talking about biases and human nature being that of sin, a sin nature that works its way into the development and the responses that AI can can generate. Well, I brought up the point of Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This means that we have all done something that is displeasing to God, that there is not one innocent person before the Lord. And this is kind of a very uh, down view, right? It's kind of horrible that we're in this place. If you read further in Romans, Romans 6.23 tells us, for the wages of sin is death. He expands on it more. All of us have sinned, but all of us have earned wages. And that wage from that sin is death. And it's not just physical death, but eternal death, eternal separation from God. So that bad news just got even worse. But if you keep reading Romans 6.23, the verse doesn't end there. It goes a little bit further. It says this, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Going back a little bit more to Romans 5 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible teaches that Jesus' death on the cross paid the price for our sins. He took the wage that we had earned and applied it to himself and paid the price we could not. The eternal separation of God and his resurrection proves that God accepted Jesus' death payment for our sins. This is the amazing message of the Bible. While AI has built into it biases and errors and issues and hallucinations, these all come from us because they are built into us. Us, our sin nature, but God has provided a way for each and every one of us to be forgiven. Romans ten nine says, "Because if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved." God has provided a way for us to receive His forgiveness and eternal life. Salvation is available to anyone. Who would put their trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? No matter where you are at today, no matter what things you have done in the past, no matter what you're thinking of doing in the next five minutes, the only requirement is that you change your mind about who God is, who God says you are, and who Jesus Christ is. That is it. There is only one God. He is calling us all sinners. That's who He says we are. We are sinners that have earned the wage of death and eternal separation, but he has sent his son, Jesus Christ, that through faith in him alone, we can have the forgiveness of our sins and eternal life. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord, Jesus Christ. The result of putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of sins is Peace with God. All that one needs to do is to admit that you're a sinner. Admit what God says about you, that you are a sinner. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that his death, burial, and resurrection was enough to forgive you of your sins and to call out to God asking for forgiveness, telling him that you believe that Jesus Christ paid the price that you couldn't pay. It's not about works. It's about what he did for you. So I want you to ask yourself as we close out this video today, what's stopping you from putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ?